Hello, everyone. Welcome to episode 35 of Mortally Wounded Podcast. This is part B. Uh, this is the Cities of Sigmar deep dive, the first of potentially several episodes where we're going to be delving into the Cities of Sigmar book from a competitive standpoint. And joining me on today's show, I have Simon Hall as a guest. Welcome, Simon. Thank you very much. Thanks for having me. No worries. Thanks for joining us. Um, you're new to the show, so just for our listeners who might not know who you are, do you want to just give us a quick introduction to yourself and who you are in terms of Age of Sigmar? Yep. So um, people probably know me for coming 11th at CanCon, which is a pretty prestigious position, apparently. Um, I am a Cities player through and through. I've been playing Empire since 7th. Well, I played Empire in 7th edition and did pretty well with them. Uh, took a bit of a break from, comp well, Games Workshop Wargaming for about, it's coming close to 10 years, um, and then got back in starting with CanCon last year um, where I played Gits, and then as soon as the Cities book came out, I kind of sold my Gits off to buy some Cities because the I, I like playing the humans and the, the boring normal people in this, you know, world, world of fantasy. So, <laughs> yeah. No, it's cool. It's it's a book that has really, for the first time, got me enthused for the normal stuff. As you say, the humans, it was, we were always playing a fantasy game, so I never really found the appeal in playing humans. Um, but Cities of Sigmar is one of those books that you can do so much with, and it brings together so many factions that, um, yeah, it's just, I think, really fun. And it, it gets those kind of creative juices flowing from from both a narrative sense, if you've listened to our last episode where me and James have gone through the narrative, um, but then also a competitive sense. There's so many options in the book. So it's um, it's a really cool book, I think. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, man. It just, it's got to be one of the deep, like deepest books you can play in Age of Sigma. I think there's something like, there's something like 60 just cities units that you can play with not counting, you know, the Sylvaneth or the, Stormcast or the the character and overlord units that you can also take in certain cities. Yeah, exactly. Um, we were supposed to be joined by um, Grand Alliance Order Smorgan himself, but unfortunately, due to some schedule clashes, he's not been able to join us for tonight's episode. But maybe able to make a future episode. Um, he also doesn't play cities; he plays General Order. That is true. So, he is Grand yeah. Alliance Order Smorgan. Um, <laughs> well, he 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 apparently plays cities, but not at tournaments. So I'm not really sure if that counts. Mm. Um, but yeah, his his uh, views on it is that cities, along with the the Warclans book, but cities is uh, possibly the best book that GW have done since the AOS release. Um, because it's so flexible and it's got really good internal balance between the cities. It's not like one of a lot of the books where there's one kind of temple or clan or something like that, that just seems to massively outshine uh, all of the others in the books. Like there's no, there's no Petrifex. I mean, there sort of is, but also <laughs> there's plenty of options that are still competitive around that. Yeah. Um, so yeah. Um, okay. Well, without further ado, let's kick into the meat of cities. So I think a good place to start because this will apply to the whole book is we will go through the allegiance abilities for a cities of Sigmar army. So there are seven um, cities of Sigmar, and you have to choose a city, which is quite a unique thing because all of the other books you have the options. Uh, of those kind of sub-factions, but you never really have to take one. Uh, so Cities of Sigmar is an interesting one where you actually have to pick one. So you've got Hammerhall, you've got Living City, Greywater Fastness, Phoenicium, Anvilgard, Hallowheart, or Tempest Eye. And all of those you can include 
one in four units can be a Stormcast Eternal unit. So Stormcast, obviously, are the poster boys for order, so they can go alongside any of these armies uh, for one in four. So that's something to really bear in mind when you get into the list building. Um, but then the next ability they have is Amplified Sorceries, which means that any time a city's a Sigmar wizard successfully casts an endless spell and it's got one of the empowered by effects from being in one of the realms, it always gets the empowered effect. So that's pretty cool. Um, mm -hmm. Suddenly, suddenly things like your yeah, Emerald Life Swarm are always healing D6 wounds or D6 models returning instead of D3. Um, and there's some units that can really take advantage of that. Um, Simon, any, any kind of key ones that stand out for you that the empowered effects really help? Um, so some of the, actually, I, I more think of it as the ones that don't that it doesn't do a whole lot for. And the um, first one that actually comes to mind with that uh, is Geminids, which is already an amazing uh, an amazing spell, and all it does is lay to reroll the d3 damage. So really, it's not it's not that big an effect. Um, yeah, it's not crazy, but it, it's still nice. Like you turn yeah, like turning nice. a one into a three and stuff like that yeah. can be nice. And there are some spells like the Bowwind Vortex um, that it doesn't, you know, that it has no effect on. So, like, you, you can still take that, but it doesn't give you an added effect of taking it in a city's list. Um, yep. uh, the um, Aether Void Pendulum, again, like, it doesn't have an empowered version, so it's not as great. Um, my favourite empowered spells, uh, obviously, the Emerald Life Swarm. I think everyone likes that that option. Um, I think the, the Palisade's actually quite good for 30 points with a 4-plus to make you minus, minus 1 to hit instead of a 5-plus, which is decent. That's a good shout. Um, yeah. Quicksilver Swords, an extra 3 dice, so it's basically an extra mortal wound on top of any uh, on top of the other ones. Like, it's not it's not great, but it's also, like, pretty good. Sorry, is it, is it an extra 3 dice? Yeah, 3 dice. Um, yeah, yeah, so you're all 15. Five ups, against, yeah. 5 ups against Chaos. So, yeah, I mean... Sorry. 15 dice, five ups against Chaos should kill foot heroes, right? Yeah, it should. It should. Unless, yeah, yeah, it should. Um, and then I think there was, uh, what was the other one? Oh, the Malevolent Maelstrom for 10 points. Um, when you cast that and it's getting an extra point per turn just for being empowered, I think is actually quite a fun option to take. Um, like the, the expenditure is minimal. Um, for 10 points, and yeah, you've got something that can go and explode and do D3 mortal wounds in a, in a bubble. So, yeah, it's just it just makes all of your your basic spells like that normally are, are okay. Uh, it just makes them better. Yeah, I think the main the thing that was really interesting for me was when the book I think first came out and everyone saw the that effect with the empowered um, spells. Everyone was crying, "Oh my god, that's insane!" Because the spell portal can go anywhere. And everyone was thinking of all these horrible things that were going to happen with the spell portal being able to be put anywhere on the board. But to be honest, I don't really think I've seen any lists that kind of have come out that have really abused that. Like, there's no real spell that does, like... I don't think there's any spell that you can get access to, no matter what the allies are for cities, that does, like, a flat six mortal wounds, for example, or something like that. No, there are, there are a couple that do bubble damage, uh, which, are, which are, like, there's one in Hallowheart, um, which does which does a bubbler which can go out from the umbral spell portal and there's another spell in grey water which is also a bubble to do mortals but they're basically the only ones you can abuse you know strongly with with uh, the empowered uh, spell portals yeah um, but yeah so that's a cool effect um, do you want to take us through the the next couple of abilities I would love to I'm just going to mention that. If I had a choice between Amplified Sorceries or the rule that's coming out in the new Seraphon book, 
um, where you get to control the your predatory endless spells and your opponent doesn't get to move them. I think I know which one of those two is I prefer to choose. Yeah. <laughs> um, so the Warriors of the Realms rule, so it essentially means that you need to choose, it, it specifies the realm um, that your city is, is based in. Uh, the majority of them are based in Gairan, and then you've got a couple of them that are, that are based in Akshi, um, which is, uh, I don't know if you've seen recently, the um, there was a map that came out for the Age of Sigma role-playing game, um, which kind of plotted where each of the, the cities are on the, the, the all the Gairan cities are, are on the plane, which is, oh, it was the great part, is that Gairan or Akshi? Sounds like an, it sounds like an actually thing. Yeah, it might be actually. But it, if you haven't seen it, go and have a look. It's actually really cool um, and shows you, like, you know, geographically where each of the cities are located and also mentions an extra city which we can't play yet. So keep an eye on that one. Yeah, right. Um, honored retinue. So uh, when you have a general that has um, six wounds or less, uh, you can choose one unit in your army that is five to 20 models. That becomes your retinue. Um, essentially, when you're within three inches of it and you're going to allocate a wound or mortal wound to your general uh, while they're within three inches of that unit on a four plus, that wound or mortal wound goes to the unit instead of the general. Uh, so an extra four up after save, essentially, which if your general isn't anointed like it is in the majority of my armies, uh, that's two four up after saves you've got, which is pretty good. Yep. It's really, it's really uh, good. It gives you a reason right. to take those little foot dudes because they can yeah, actually exactly. become harder to kill than a bigger dude. Yeah, it gives you a reason not to just take a Frost Heart on Phoenix as your general in every list. Yeah. Um, and then uh, finally, the general's adjutant. So essentially, um, it's another six wound or less hero uh, that while they stay within three inches of your general, at the start of your hero phase, you roll a dice and on a four plus, you get an extra command point, which is good. You can never, get, you can never have too many command points. Yeah, and I think in some of the cities doing that combination with a, a smaller hero and then having the adjutant as a small hero as well next to him can make a big difference because some of the cities have easier kind of access to command point farming and some of them actually don't have any access to it other than that so um yeah it's it's, it's certain lists you'll build around having that adjutant rule to get the extra cp and others you won't need it because you can generate cp in other ways um but yeah it's a, yeah, it's a nice quite, little quite bit a few of my list yeah, quite a few of my lists I've got. Um, so you just double down, essentially. You've got the retinue, which is a unit of bleak swords, and you've got the adjutant, which is a sorceress on foot. Um, so she can stab them uh, to get extras to cast, but you can also shrug wounds to them, and so they always hang around the general um, for those for the adjutant rule and the retinue rule. So it's a nice little, little package that you can do there. Yeah, it's good. Um, and then, yeah, especially if you're comboing that with... Empowered Emerald Life Swarm, just bringing those models back that you're passing off wounds for and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, it's cool. So, yeah, and the last one, as we've uh, already mentioned, is that one in every four units in any of the cities can be Stormcast Eternal units. Um, and Stormcast have a, an absolutely massive model range, and some of the abilities that you can get from the cities can really make you go back through the Stormcast units and kind of they, it breathes new life into a lot of the units that sometimes you wouldn't see as much. They can actually just you can cherry pick what you need and um, and bring them in because if there's one thing Stormcast do is it's they have access to units that do pretty much anything. So if you find there's one thing that you're lacking, you can just pull in a Stormcast unit to probably do that. Um, so yeah, it's a it's a nice ability. 
So that's the abilities that affect all of the cities. So what we're going to do now, I think, is because there are so many War Scrolls in this book, um, around 50 to 60, that can be used in any of these cities, we're going to go through some of the War Scrolls. We're not going to talk through all of them, but we're kind of going to go through some of the main ones that you're probably going to see as competitive picks in any of the cities or more specifically some of them. Um, and then we'll probably talk about a few of the units that, to be honest, don't really stand up. Um, and you, you just won't really see them in, in competitive match play armies anyway, um, because there are just other units in the book that are more appropriately pointed or have better synergies um, throughout the book. So um, maybe if we kind of just do a top three, top five units um, that you'd go through from the cities. Um, yeah. And you can obviously bring in Stormcast units and then some of the other cities can also ally with things like um caradron overlords um if your tempest die or you can also bring in sylvaneth if for living city so if there's any of those units that that stand out to you as well then um, we can cover them off so um yeah simon do you want to kind of kick it off all right so my first unit is phoenix guard um which is probably going to come to no surprise to anyone that's ever seen my lists or whoever has ever played me or discussed cities with me i just think they're honestly one of the best units in the game. Um, they are at, at a maximum unit. Uh, they cost 420 points for the unit of 30 or roughly 14 points a wound. Uh, but then you factor in their four plus aftersave and that essentially makes them seven points a wound, which puts them on par with some of the cheapest units in the game. Um, but on top of that, they also have a fairly decent melee output with two attacks hitting on threes and threes with one random one damage. Um, and on top of all that, they've got quite a few buffs that can make them better. So whether it be um, uh, an anointed uh, on Phoenix or on foot, giving them rerolls to wound with a command point with captain of the Phoenix guard um, or giving them uh, immune to battle shock when they're within 12 inches. Like they've just got, they've got a lot of buffs that can go on them and make them better and they're already a great unit at baseline and can quite easily become battle line in any of the cities and fill the role that you need, you know, a pretty good anvil to fill. Um, so I, I, I'm just in love with Phoenix Guard. I've got my one unit of 30 that I take in basically every list that I make because I just think that they're amazing for how much they cost. Yeah, they're, they're great. I would, I would echo that as well. Um, they're one of the units in the book that, most of the elite kind of units in in all of the books from all of the kind of separate sub factions um that were so kind of your dark elves and and then obviously uh things like um essentially high elves and and things like that that got merged together your kind of elite infantry are all generally two attacks threes and threes rend one damage one with some kind of special ability but the Phoenix Guard are one of the few units that have actually got a two-inch reach. So you get more attacks per model, and then they naturally have that, as you say. You just have to have a Phoenix Temple Hero, which you're probably going to have because you have one of them as your general, and it makes these guys battle line. Um, yep, and they're immune, to they're immune to battle shock. And then they've also got a four-up after save against wounds and mortal wounds. Um, they are just, as you say, for, for the points, probably the most, if not one of the most efficient, units in the book they do damage um and they they survive really well as well yeah um, they're not as good as horrors but they're pretty good <laughs> i don't think anything's really as good as horrors <laughs> at, at the moment to be honest so we, we won't make we won't make that comparison or we'll no. uh, we'll, nev we'll never make any competitive book reviews past this point um 
but yeah, it's uh, it's pretty good. Even if you're not immune to Battleshock, the the Bravery Eight standard with a with a standard bearer, and it's worth saying as well that as part of the consolidation of all of the sub factions into this book, they have standardized what the champions, the standard bearers, and the musicians do in all of those units. So they will all do the same thing now. They used to do a myriad of different effects, but now they will all do the same thing. So all of your city's units with musicians have they get plus one to charge which is great because you, actually can't, you can't fail um three inch charges which is really good um and then you get plus one attack generally to the champion and plus one bravery for your standard bearers um i was actually thinking that, that it was run and charge for everything but looking at the phoenix guard drummer now he just gives plus one to charge he doesn't give plus yeah. one to run. well the free guild guard give you plus one to run as well so yeah, Maybe. Uh, pretty pretty much everything else gives plus one to run and charge. All right, so Drama uh, Boy doesn't, but everyone else does. Yeah, <laughs> so yeah. that's the one exception, I think. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, that's that's a really good pick. Um, despite having no free peoples myself, I am actually going to pick the Free Guild General on foot as uh, mm -hmm. one of my top picks because he's so cheap for 100 points for the amount of buffs that he can give um he basically has his command ability is incredible because three friendly free guild units wholly within 18 of him get plus one to hit and plus one to wound if they haven't made a normal move or charge move in the turn so you can just pick three units and plus one to hit and plus one to wound all from this guy and as we mentioned at the top of the show you need to have a hero of six or less wounds um to be your general or your adjutant to be getting the the shrug um or the extra cp so he's a really good candidate for that um i just think for 100 points the ability to get plus one to hit and plus one to wound on three units and holy within 18 is a pretty good bubble so uh although he's only a kind of five wound foot hero because of that extra shrug and potentially could give him additional artifacts um to make him more survivable i think he's a really really good pick um it's very easy to take those free guild units as battle line um in any of the cities as well so taking three units with him he's going to buff those three units and that's going to fill your battle line slots so um i think i think he's a really good pick yep i think i agree with that cool um What's your next pick for something that you're not necessarily always, but fairly regularly going to be looking at when you're building over free seas? All right, right I'll, skip, I'll skip over my number two always then, uh, which is the Hurricanum. So we'll skip that one. That would have been um, my next anyway. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so why don't we go to Gyrocopters? Um, so they're, they're quite a, a good unit that I try to fit a unit, at least one, but usually I try to fit three uh, into most lists that I can. They seem to fit into most cities pretty well. Um, so these guys, um, why I like them is because they're quite cheap for what they do. When you've got a max unit, they're 60 points a model. Uh, they have four wounds each, a four-up save, and a 16-inch move. Um, but the thing that is my favourite thing about them is the steam gun, um, which is their range weapon and probably arguably why the sole reason why you take them, um, which essentially just makes them super effective horde clearers. Um, so you've got, uh, it's an eight inch range. It's a three to hit and a four to wound, both of which can be buffed. So the three can get turned into a, into a two, um, with your Hurricanum, your four to wound can be turned into a three to wound, uh, with either a Lord Ordinator. Cause I think these guys are an auto war machine. 
Oh, sorry, he's to hit, he's, he's to hit. Uh, the wound changes in Tempest Eye when you've got, um, uh, what's the, Hawkeye is the Hawkeye. Uh, um, And you can also make them rend more than negative one. You can make them two to negative six, depending on how many Rune Lords you've got, because they are a, um, and oh, wait, no, they're not a dispossessed unit. <gasps> Shocking. All right, you can't do that. Ignore that. Um, but yeah, you can basically buff them, and they 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 get a, an attack for every single model that's within uh, eight inches of them, or if you're in grey water, within eleven inches of them. Um, which essentially means that if you've got a unit of say sixty, you know, sixty uh, gloom spike get crots uh, stabbers in front of you, um, you get sixty attacks with one of your gyrocopters, and if you got three of them, you get one hundred and eighty attacks. Like it's it's the, it's just insane. Um, especially when you're rolling twos, twos to hit, uh, it's it, it's just great. And then to top it all off, like if that wasn't good enough already, um, they then also have an ability that once a game uh, for each you, for each model that moves over an enemy model, you get to roll a two plus, and if you do roll that, you get D three mortal wounds. So just it's just icing on the top, really. Yeah, they're they're really decent. They're, as you say, actually the grey water's a really good shout for them because the the plus three inch range in against most units isn't much of a boost. Um because your your range sixteens or eighteens or whatever, you, you three inches on that is only kind of a fifth or a sixth, whereas three inches additional on a range that starts at eight, you're almost looking at a fifty percent increase. So it's um it actually makes a big difference, especially when the number of attacks you've got is based on number of models in range. Um, yeah, well, so yeah, it's it worth noting in grey water as well. You get the um, uh, the rune lord gets an extra ability, um, which uh, an extra prayer, which gives plus one to hit rolls with missile attacks for an idol arsenal war machine, of which the gyrocopters are. So that's like another way to get the plus one to hit. Yeah. So if you're fighting like Zench that have like that minus one to hit against range attacks bubble, you can get a plus two with a hurricane and a rune lord in grey water. So it's it's not nothing. Yeah, you're, you you'd shred horrors. They wouldn't. It doesn't matter if they're immune to battleshock, which they're not anymore. But I mean, they could be for a C, for a C, if even if they were for a CP, you can just kill them outright. Yep, hundred uh, percent. Yeah, nice. It's uh, a good shout. Um, my next pick would be Scourge Runner Chariots. Um, just as ones, uh, there was a lot of hype when I think they first came out because the the wording around the champion was that any any number of mod models <laughs> could all be, champion. be a champion, so they would all just be you just take individual units as champions, um, and they would all just be getting uh, plus one to hit. But they've now made it in one in every three can be a champion. But I don't know if I'd be taking units of three. Um, you don't get any kind of benefits on points or anything like that. Um, I just think they're fantastic for filling the role of quick units that can go and grab objectives. You can use them to chaff because they're still on fairly big chariot bases. You can just put them in the way. Um, the main reason they're so fantastic is because they're only 60 points. And for that 60 points, you've got a 12-inch move base, six wounds with a five-up save, pretty like efficient anyway. You're paying 10 points a wound for a fast model. Um, the great thing is they've got pretty good shooting. So they've got two attacks from their Ravager Harpoons, which is an 18-inch range. Now, they move 12, so you've got a threat of 30. The threes and threes rend one damage D3, which is actually a pretty good profile anyway. But the amazing thing is if you just roll a six to hit, it does D3 mortal wounds instead. So that can help you really get around things like Lookout Sir, 
Um, I mean, if you've rolled a six to hit, you're going to hit anyway. But for five, six wound foot heroes, you have a few of these. You just roll a few sixes, um, and then you can roll on the D3, and you can just take out, even if they've got two up saves, things like that. Um, Stormcast heroes, the uh, three up saves, two up saves in cover, but five wounds. You just roll a few sixes. Uh, you start pinging off mortal wounds and getting two two shots per chariot at 60 points that you can then just use late game to run onto people's objectives. Um, you can just block movement. You can go and just make charges on the ends of units to pin them and mess up their pile-ins, things like that. Um, I think they're a fantastic unit for 60 points. Yeah, I agree. I don't have anything to add. They're just, they're just a great unit. The only unfortunate thing is, is that then, as I'm sure Rob will point out, they're not chariots because they have one wheel. Um, <laughs> but the model, just I don't know. I don't, I don't like the aesthetics of the model. So I've, I've, I'm making some up at the moment, but I've gone and bought the old um, Tyranoc chariots from the High Elves instead, just because I think they look better. Yeah, cool. Um, I was, I myself was going to convert a bunch. Um, more just so that I could use them across multiple armies. Um, I was going to go along kind of an anvil guardy beastie theme, make it a bit darker and a bit more brutal. Um, and I was actually going to cross cross these chariots with the Slanesh chariots oh, yeah. um, and, and add spikes and then just basically swap out the riders, um, kind of mi make mix and match the kits so that I could have four that would be Scourge Runner chariots when I'm playing cities or Slanesh chariots if I want to play Slanesh. Yeah, perfect. And that's a lot cheaper than buying Tyranoc chariots, I can tell you that much. Yeah. <laughs> I have got a couple of Tyranoc chariots, I could do that as well. There you go. Uh, yeah, do you... Uh, what's another pick you've got? So, I seem to be going for the really obvious ones, so let's let's double down on the most obvious one of them all. Um, so, I'm going to say uh, Iron Drakes. Yep. So... I got into a Facebook discussion today, which I should not do because I can't control myself, but um, just that these guys are just probably the best hammer that we've got in the entire book. And I know people don't like to use the term hammer when you're talking about a, a ranged unit, but you, there's no other way to describe these guys. Um, they're not even a glass cannon. They're just a cannon. Um, so they're, you know, at base they're okay. So they've got a four up save, which goes to a three up against range attacks, which is great in the Zench meta. Um, they only move four inches, but it doesn't matter when you're bridging them across the battlefield. Um, and they're, we'll talk about their guns. So you've got a leader that's actually got quite a decent weapon, which is threes and threes, two rend and D3 damage, which goes to D6 against, uh, is it monsters? monsters yes. yes. Yeah. Um, and the normal Drake gun on the infantry models, which is 16-inch range, one attack, threes and threes, negative one, and one damage. Um, so these guys are good because when you stand still or when you don't make a move, uh, they get two attacks each. So even in a complete vacuum, two attacks at 16 inches that are threes and threes, negative one and one damage are good. But you can apply so many buffs to this unit to make it just insane and basically just have it so you're playing 40k. Um, so th these, these guys are your Primaris Marines of Age of Sigma. So you've got... Um, Hurricanum to make him a two plus to hit, or the command ability, uh, sorry, command tray, command ability, command ability in grey water to make him plus one to hit. So you make him twos to hit. Um, you can either spend a command point and get a knight a zeros uh, to make him reroll one. So you're on twos. So you got fifty eight attacks, uh, twos rerolling ones to hit. 
you can then make them twos to wound either with the Hawkeye trait from Tempest Eye or with the Ignite Weapon spell from Hallahart to make them twos to wound. Uh, the Longbeards have an ability which they make them reroll ones to wound within 12 inches, um, which they just automatically get off. You don't even have to do anything to do it. They just have to be alive. You just have to um, grumble. Yeah, that's it. Which, which you know, they, they are they are boomers. That That is a unit of boomers. Um, and then they rend one to begin with, um, but then you can increase that as many times as you have rune lords. So usually in my list, I just have the one rune lord. So they become rend two, which is really good in the current meta. Um, but you can make them rend three or four. Or I think there was a um, there was a list that Ian uh, from Just Play over in the UK posted when he was um, when he had a few had a few to drink that had five rune lords in it. I think um, <laughs> so. Technically, they can get to negative six rend with that many rune lords. I don't know if you'd do it, but technically they can get there. Um, so you've got a unit that's essentially um, 60 shots, twos to hit re-rolling ones, twos to wound re-rolling ones, and then rend to damage one. So it, it essentially just removes literally anything in the game. And you've paid 450 points for the unit, uh, 110 for the long beards, and then 90 for the rune lord. So what's that? 566, 50, 650 points. And it's just an insane package. And then to make that even better, you put a, a, a mage in with a bridge and stuff. And we can talk about that when we come to list list building later but they're just they just take buffs really well and they've got to be one of the best range units in the game you know besides flamers yep um i was actually going to mention the bridge as one of my picks um because it is just yep. uni universally good in cities um there are some that just benefit it more um like hallow heart because you basically can just guarantee the cast um, yep, however i think there's enough in the city's book that you don't necessarily need to guarantee the cast um because you can wait a turn um or just move up the board and still have range but there's a lot of ranged units in the city's book because there are so many units that's the the one thing is you can make a full combat army you could basically make a full shooting army you can make a mix of the two but if you want shooting you've got lots of decent options and the bridge always being empowered meaning you've got that kind of 24 inch range on setting up the second one means you can potentially be moving units somewhere in i think it's like 36 inches um across the board if you if they were on the back of six and then you set them up in the front of six after moving the bridge 24 so you can you can basically shoot wherever you want um with the bridge and also just use it to reposition your army massively even if it's not shooting um you can go in take something out and then next turn just go back to where you were to get to even safe. if you're locked in combat Yep, you can just get out of combat, teleport away, shoot, um, because the great thing with bridges, it doesn't count as a move. So, so many of these units we're talking about, like um, the Iron Drakes, they get their buffs for two shots instead of one if they haven't moved. So if they bridge, they're not moving. They're standing still, technically. They're yep. just teleporting magically uh, on a bridge, so they uh, they get their double shots. So, Same thing with the handgunners, they get their bonuses to hit, crossbow, free guild crossbows get an extra shot when they're standing still and they also get bonuses to hit um what else is there sisters of the watch get an extra shot when they're standing still yeah uh, it just benefits so many units in the book yeah so um yeah the the bridge is, is a standout of the the empowered spells for sure um but it's something that you can put in for 80 points and you if you get the cast it's great if you don't you can still probably play the game 
and it's only fixed to cast as well like that's yeah. that's not nothing and in most most lists even with a battle mage you'll have a hurricanum and so that's at least a five so it's very doable yeah it's decent um my next pick for something that i think is really good um that you'd see i'm trying to go through some of the the less obvious ones yeah, uh, sorry, the, I've taken the, the obvious people one. Talk. No, that's fine, because, yeah, you will always pick a Hurricane. Um, plus one to hit. Just There's no holy within. Just if within 10 of it is just incredible with a good shooting attack, like you're always going to take that. Um, is To be honest, I, you don't see him very much, um, but I think he's being a bit overlooked, is actually the Nomad Prince. Um, going back to some of the Wanderers, um, because... He actually has a three-up save base, weirdly. You'd, you'd think he'd be one of the heroes that probably had a five-up, but he actually has a three-up save base. So he's, again, a really nice choice to be a general um, because if he is general, he makes all of the Wanderer units battle line. Um, and then some of those units can all do different things. Wild Riders, I think, are quite efficient for their points for a, a really fast... They're a bit fragile, but they're a really fast unit that can actually hit quite hard. Um, and the thing with him is he's decently fighty, um, for for a dude on foot, um, four attack for three, for his, for his three, three, one damage two. Um, yeah, give him give him some artifacts. He can he can tool up a bit. But the main thing for him is he makes some of those wanderers units battle line like Sisters of the Watch. Having a big unit of them filling your battle line could be really nice. You've got double shots that can also stand and shoot. So if someone does want to charge your bridge, it's going to really hurt. Um, but the cool thing is he has an ability. He's harrowing bird of prey. So it's in the hero phase, you pick an enemy unit, an enemy hero within 16, and until your next hero phase, they subtract one from casting, dispelling, unbinding, and hit rolls. And the amazing thing is, it's you pick that model. So if you took three of these guys, you can actually just pick the same unit and just go, you're minus three to hit, minus three to cast, minus three to dispel, minus three to unbind. Like, you worry about Petrifex Nagash, suddenly you're like, no, I'm not so worried. Like these three dudes can just pick him and yeah, you've got a chance suddenly of unbinding his spells. Um, he's not going to hit really anything in combat, um, but you can also spread that. You combine Geminids in your army and just do the minus one to hit Geminid across loads of units. Three of these guys pick their heroes. Suddenly all their heroes are minus two to hit. Um, I just, I think he's really solid. Um, and the other great thing is his command ability as well is you pick him basically and then for that shooting phase you add one to hit rolls for wanderer units while they're wholly within 12 of him but you can do it at the start of the shooting or the combat phase so again you can use it for shooting and make your sisters hit on twos um if you've got a hurricane you could have them hitting on twos but you can do both to get around minuses to hit and still have them hitting on twos um but you can also then yeah and you can also do it for the combat phase so you've got um your wildwood rangers that are actually a fairly decent unit if they can hit against monsters all having damage two again they're one of the units that's range two with two attacks each uh suddenly then they're hitting on twos so um for for 120 points i actually think he's a he's a really nice shout to mix up some of your lists and add in some of those wanderers units while filling your battle line yeah i agree i think he's he's a great model especially in living city you can give him the iron oak artisan command trait and he becomes a two-up armor save with you know his threes hit and twos to wound like even just with that command rate by itself he's like amazing so yeah good shout yeah 
Uh, do you want to chat through any? Um, there's maybe some of the allies that we haven't. Um, well, why don't we go through Stormcast? Because you, you can take them in every. Uh, yep. In every city, uh, if you want, you're not limited by which city you're in. Um, so my, uh, I want to say the Lord Ordinator, but he's only applicable in like Greywater and like maybe a Tempest Eye list. Um, so I'm going to go with. Um, this is hard because a lot of people are going to say the Nine Encanter, like he's quite good, and he like he is he is rightfully good in any list just because he gets the automatic to spell. Um, but I think that my favourite unit, um, which is one that I've run recently, is the Lord Celestant on Star Drake. And I think it was Jack Armstrong that had some success with him in Hammer Hall um, at was it Hammer and Bolter? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, so you're a big European event. He ran a Hammer Hall Lancers list, uh, which is good within itself, but he chose to take a uh, Lord Selson on Star Drake in addition. Um, but he's just, he's a great, um, he's actually the reason why I started playing uh, Stormcast models, just because it's, it's such a standout model and the rules are pretty good. Um, so I'll, I'll go, I'll actually start with um, his, his attacks. So because you can... There are a couple of lists where you can buff his attacks. The one that I like the most is the Command Trait in Phoenician, which is the Seeker of Vengeance, um, which gives you an extra plus one attack or plus three attacks, depending on how many guys have died previously in that phase or turn. Um, when you've got a weapon that's threes to hit, twos to wound, negative one random D3 damage, like that's actually really good. Um, and he gets an extra D3 attacks on the charge. He's good in Hammer Hall because you can make him fight twice. And when he fights twice, he gets to do his special abilities. I won't I won't go, go through him in detail because I think everyone, like, he's been around for, what, three years now in his current iteration. But essentially, he gets to make a bite attack, which just slays a model um, every time he piles in. Where he gets to make three of those if he's at, at full strength. And so technically, if you're playing in Hammer Hall and you're piling him in twice, he gets to make six of those attacks where you can just remove models. Um, and he has sweeping tails. He's got this shooting attack that's not really a shooting attack, but basically you just get to target enemy, essentially just target enemy heroes, and on a four up they take D3 mortal wounds. Like it's just, he's just, he's just an all-round very good model. Um, and to top it all off, um, you add one to casting rolls for friendly wizards within 18 and subtract casting rolls for enemy wizards while they are within 18. He's just, he's just a really good model. He's probably still a bit overcosted for what he does um but he's still he's still great yeah agreed um i mean yeah you, you talk about him potentially as a generally living city then he's always on a two up save through rolling ones um with the iron oak yeah um, and you put in a lord castellan as well with that he's a one plus and he's healing on five plus for every yeah he saves on a five plus oh, sorry heals a wound on every five plus like that was that was one other ability that i was considering with him yep um or you or you could take him in phoenicium take the artifact that does the same thing a healing wounds on saves of six up combined yep. with a cast castellant doubles every six up's gonna save you two um heal you two wounds um yeah he's really good um i'm glad you mentioned the plus one to cast and the minus one to cast aura as well um because it's a big thing that i think just gets overlooked but actually he's really good for making all of your wizards more reliable because it's not keyworded it's just any friendly wizards um and then he's making your opponents less reliable 
So he's um, he's really good. And I think there's a big thing personally in the meta at the moment. It's something I've been looking at with a lot of my lists um, in terms of building encounter play. I've been writing lots of lists that are just AOE or kind of board wide targeting mortal wounds um, in, in multiple units or spells so that you can just chip off support heroes, um, like three or four support heroes in a turn um just just doing d3s d3s so trying to find all the ways that you can do those d3s so things like comet things like rain of stars um things like croak doing his um call his oh, uh, the new, the new celestial deliverance yeah oh, it's gonna be great it's gonna and be he's only, he's only 320 points oh yeah so yeah he's he's pretty legit and he's a command point farm so if they can go into cities with an faq that will be delicious yeah, I'm hoping um, they, yeah. they rip on that one. Croak, yeah, if, because they've been talking in the law recently about them helping cities or something like that. So if they, if when the new Seraphon book comes out, they put cities, they add them into the city's allies, then I think you could, you'll start to see Croak in a lot of cities lists. Um, so we could talk about that now because I think he's fantastic um, with the new iteration anyway, once that comes out. Um, but yeah, no, I, th I think the Star Drek's a really good, really good call. Um, probably agree that at 500 points, he's still quite pricey um but he in the right builds he can do a lot um yeah. and, and and the drag sworn is okay um but i've been playing him recently and i'm just not as keen as the as the lord sellison on star drag because they're basically the same model um yeah. the, the lord sellison just has more output so yeah for me honestly it's not even the output it's the losing the reroll ones to save and that shield because it's not just rerolling ones to save but it's also mortal wounds bounce back yeah um, because on that two up reroll ones, you can quite easily roll like four or five ones, and then you just pass the save back, and you just kill stuff. Yeah, yeah, it's great. You actually the, well, first time, the first time round, you're like, please roll ones, please roll ones. Like you, yeah, you want, I'm you want sure to fail. Every, every unit within three inches isn't it on the bounce yep. back. Yeah, yeah. So if you're in combat with three units and you roll, you fail four, and then roll four successes. That's four mortal wounds to each unit within. Oh, how far is it? Yeah, three inches. Three. Yeah. yeah. And Amazing. he's on a big base. Like he's on a big base. So I think he's I think he's a really nice counterplay for M MSU and stuff like that. Um the the ability to just target down those heroes. He's flexible, I think. Um you can tank stuff. He's very good against hordes in terms of like horde clearing. He's probably not great against individual models. No, um, he's not. The the point where he will come unstuck is he can't go and take out another five hundred point hero that's combat oriented. They will knock him down and he won't do much to them. But he can tank hordes for days. He's incredible against Daughters of Cain, for example. Um, like all those witches will just bounce off him. Um, yeah, and he, plague monks, through... he, loves, he loves fighting plague monks. Yeah, he can go through them. Um, and as you say, those bites can be incredible. Um, things like fire slayers, if you're going again and they wrap around you and leave spaces, if you just suddenly bite out some models and break their coherency, and you yep. you don't you don't have to go through all those four up after saves, four up armor saves, you just say take off half your unit because of yeah him having a nibble um yeah, yeah i think he's good um okay my pick that i think a lot of people are about to call me a madman for for maybe a slightly cheaper again gives you lots of different things but in perhaps different areas is the lord arcanum on toralon which mm. no one ever takes um because of i don't know if it's because the mount has a pig face or what but i actually think he really decent he's like 320 points so he's a he's a nice chunk cheaper um 
than the Lord Celestine. He still comes with a three up save. He moves 14. Um, he's only got 10 wounds instead of 16, but it's still a decent amount of wounds for a three up save that you could put him in Tempest Eye for a two up save on that first turn, put him in Living City for a two up save all the time. Um, so he's relatively tanky. He's also quite fighty. Um, he's got four attacks, threes, threes, rend one, damage D3, and then three attacks, threes, threes, rend one, damage two. So he's not bad. Like, yeah, surprisingly. He, he, he can quite comfortably charge into chaff to moderate and probably do okay. Um, he can, at the end of the movement phase, you pick a unit that he passed across any models and you just get to add one to hit rolls for missile weapons from friendly Stormcast that target that unit. So once the battle's gone, you can just start flying over stuff with a 14-inch move. Um, I mean, in Tempest Eye, he's going to have a 17-inch move on the first turn. Chuck in a Heraldor, he can run and charge, so you can start to add on to that move. Um, and you just get to tag stuff for another plus one to hit, which can be really nice. Um, he's got the built-in Cycle of the Storm, which is once per turn, if a Stormcast model wholly within 18 of him would... Uh, sorry, just within 18 of him would die, you can heal a wound to it instead. So it doesn't do a lot, but essentially gives, if you've taken some other Stormcast, gives him an extra wound um, once a turn. And then Meteoric Strike, when he charges, you roll a dice for every enemy unit within one after he charges. And on a two up, they take a mortal. Um, and you can tell that this is a, a first edition book because it's a two plus does one mortal instead of D3, which I'm sure will get updated when the book gets re-released this year. Yeah. Um, I mean, otherwise it's four ups but they do D3 for stuff yeah. like Great great Unclaimed Ones, I think. Um, but then he's got the Spirit Flasks, which, again, really helps him against Hordes or potentially other multi-heroes um, on foot. So once per, per battle at the start of the combat phase, you can shatter one, two, or three Flasks. And if you do, each unit within three inches takes a Mortal Wound for each Flask that was smashed. And units within three that had ten or more models take D3 for each one that was smashed. So actually, you if you charge a couple of Mortec Guard, two units of Mortec Guard, just smash three flasks, he takes three mortal wounds himself, sure, but then both of those two units of 10 Guard suddenly take 3d3 mortals each at the start of the combat phase. Plus, he should have done a mortal wound probably to each of them on the charge. So actually, getting through those three up re-rollable saves with this guy, you can potentially just do it and kill seven eight models from each unit um without his attacks so i think he's he's quite nice there his command ability can give plus two to run rolls for friendly sacrosanct units um so there's some play i think you can use him with dracolines potentially in some lists to make them be able to run and charge incredibly fast when you combine them with the heraldor um so you can i think i've i've written some lists where you can get a unit of dracolines guaranteed charge from 25 inches away uh, at the start of the turn which is quite nice um and the great thing is he's actually a two cast wizard so and he comes with two of his own spells so you don't even have to be taking him in something like hallow heart that gives them an extra cast and they know two spells but he's a really good candidate for hallow heart um because he'd become a three cast wizard um i think and then he has loads of choice of his spells um and Lightning Orb is one of those AoE spells that we talked about, so could go through a spell portal if you wanted to. Um, every enemy unit within three of a point that's within 12 of him takes D3 Mortal Wounds on a four-up. Um, and then Prime Electrids is just their um, their version of Arcane Bolt, basically. So if it's he casts... Good. 
Yeah, if you cast an arcane bolt, you're always getting the D3, and if you roll a 10, you do D6. So actually, he's an option to give you D6 mortal wounds um, through a spell, which is really good. Um, I just think he's a model you're not seeing much, but he actually does quite a lot of things for 320 points. I think he's he's fast, he's got a decent chunk of wounds, he's got a good armor save, he's got decent output, um, and he's got some extra kind of abilities. So uh, yeah, he's one unit that I, I, I've never seen in any of the lists, um, and I think he has some play. Yeah, so I was um I've actually been considering taking him in a oh here's a peek behind the curtain in uh in a Phoenician list. Um primarily because with um the Seeker of Vengeance command trait, his attacks actually become like he actually becomes quite good because your mount can still benefit from command traits. Um and his mount attacks count as a melee weapon. Um so he can actually get buffed quite well with the with um the Seeker of Vengeance command trait. Um but at the same time he can also cast the don't know what the spell's called, is it like golden golden mist, I think it is? Um yep, golden mist. Within, yeah, everything within a certain distance can heal D6 wounds. So when you charge him in um and you do that, you know, your um your spirit flasks and he wounds himself for three the next turn, he can heal himself up with the with the golden mist plus or minus the uh the extra wound that comes back from having the battalion with the phoenixes phoenixes in it like it's um yeah it's yeah. just a very interesting uh combination but he's actually quite good in that list yeah um i've been putting him in tempest eye for most of them because he's a fast wizard that can take um the spell uh i think it's aura of glory um just trying to find it now uh where is it yeah, the plus one attack, and you've yeah. got quite a big yeah, base. Yeah, or, or, or of glory. Um, yeah, so anything that's wholly within 12 of him is going to get plus one attack on its weapons. So it's really nice. Tempest size, that one obviously is going to make him move 17 and have a two-up save on the first turn as well. So then when you're kind of putting that spell on, he his mount is going to get that extra attack. He's going to get that extra attack. It just makes him all the more all the more fighty um, and he's fast so he can keep up with anything else you might want to be taking in Tempestai that does melee. I mean, I'm thinking Endron Riggers because the chemist can't give them plus one attack anymore, but this guy can. Yeah. So uh, I think he's a really nice wizard to cast it and go along with them because it's one of the spells where it's all the range is always measured to him. So you can't just cast it with a wizard in the hero phase and then charge off. You've got to have that wizard within range. And I think he's one that can keep up with them but also you can throw him in. Um, you can throw him into the chaff screens and things like that while they fly over the top or take on the harder targets, um, and he just stays in range for the buff. Yeah, it's a good shout. Um, any other Stormcast units you think are a good, good shout? Um, so I've got a couple more that I run, but I only really run them in like one or two lists. There's nothing that really stands out amongst all of the lists except for the guy on Star Drake. Um, in my Hello Heart list, uh, I'm running a Lord Arcanum on foot because he's got a minus one to hit innate spell, um, which you just combine with, I think, there's five other sources of minus one to hit that you can take. So that's just for essentially a stacking minus one to hit uh, list, um, which is which is fun. Um, <laughs> and then... Any time that I take, so like if there's a grey water fastness list where I'm taking like four hellstorm batteries or something like that, the Lord Ordinators, you know, never a bad idea in that situation. Um, 
but besides that i've been trying i've been trying to fit like units in like i've been trying to run the dracoffs in the sorry the dracothian guard in uh living city and they're all right but they're they are definitely over costed for what they do um yeah besides that that's, that's about it it's mostly it's mostly just characters honestly I think that's fair. Um, I agree that most of the other units can have their role, but it's in very specifically yep. designed lists. Oh, Aether Wings. Aether Wings in Phoenician. They are the best sacrificial unit you can take. Yep. 50 points, 6 wounds, no save. They are, you fly them in with something else, they are going to die against basically anything. So, yeah, great them. Yeah, no, they're good, um, especially if you're using them to, like, chaff up people's charges. Uh, if you've taken some of the Raptors as well then they're just incredible because your opponent can't not kind of kill them because <laughs> yep. you just chaff, you just chaff up something that that was going to do some damage they have to attack yep they can anyway the other unit plus one plus one to hit and yep. wound yeah it's really good um i really like it um then so the only other one probably is um ko and sylvaneth if you want to take Living City or Tempest Eye. Um, so KO, kind of already mentioned, the Engine Riggers are a really nice shout in Tempest Eye along with the Aura of Glory for combat. Um, but I think the big change for me is any of the boats, really. Um, a frigate or an ironclad with 10 to 15 Thunderers, depending on which boat you're taking, because the Fly High rule is on their War Scroll now. So it just gives you a mobile gun platform that you can just pick up plonk somewhere nine away shoot off one flank next turn go somewhere else shoot it off um i think they're just really good so either of those two boats with dudes inside um probably thunderers because i think they're the most efficient thing you can get for the shooting that can affect the game from more than nine inches away because the pistol's got nerfed to a nine inch range oh, on the Ar on, on the arconauts um but that being said arconauts can still be battle line in Tempest Eye. And Arconauts um, are an amazing battle line. Arconauts are incredible battle line for 90 points for what they do now. Um, I know that's something Smorgan would um, would definitely echo if he, he, he was joining us. So uh, I think there's a really good amount of KO choices. Obviously, you're restricted to Tempest Eye for the KO, um, but I think they're really good. And I think most Tempest Eye lists you see, you're going to have at least one KO unit in there because they're, they're very flexible and they bring things that... Um, the city's units don't have yeah i'll just point out the grunstock gun haulers as well because you can take six ender riggers with a grunstock gun hauler or two and they can hitch a ride and teleport or sorry deep strike with it or fly high whatever you want to call it uh with the gunstock with, with the grunstock gun hauler um and it's like it's not a great it's not a great model by any means but when you're in tempest eye you've got plus one to wound and you've always got plus one to hit with something in cities so so you 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 what's the the scatter shot on the cannon is hitting on twos and wounding on twos um most times and then your engine riggers are going to be hitting on threes and wounding on twos i think it is um there's just that there's so much buff stacking in the cities of sigma book it's insane and when you can ally units in that uh arguably aren't balanced in the city's book they're balanced in their own book you can get some pretty broken combos Oh, for sure. Yeah, it's definitely an army where you find you find the synergies, and it's it's one of those books where you go, oh, this, then plus this, plus this, plus this, and you can really start going down a rabbit hole of of synergies. Um, but that's what I find really fun. Um, 
and yeah, no, I think it's a good shout. The engine riggers, um, or Sky Wardens, but probably engine riggers, um, hitching a ride with a gun hauler because there's quite a few things in the city's book. Um, just from the battle mages, uh, if you take wild form from a beast, uh, from a gur mage, you get plus two to charge. So then suddenly you're um, only needing a seven inch charge from dropping nine away with your gun hauler if you want to go in and and shoot and then charge. Um, I personally, on the gun hauler um, and engineering as anything, would always be taking the maximum allocation I could of drill cannons um, for the same reasons as the Scourge Runner chariots. Um, unmodified sixes to hit are doing, um, with the KO stuff, doing flat three mortal wounds. And on the gun haulers, it's on a five instead of a six. So you just have a few of them. And again, their threat range is is insane. I think it's a 30-inch range plus the 12-inch move. So they've got like a 42-inch threat on the drill cannon on a, on a gun hauler. Uh, and five plus to hit natural unmodified does three flat mortal wounds. Um, I think they're really good at just taking out. Drill cannon's 36 inches. There you go. So it's even more than that, 48-inch yeah. threat. But you're on you're on twos and twos essentially if you if you're buffing it to its maximum. Um, so even then, if you don't roll um, that five up, you're probably going to hit, and it's rend three. Yeah, it's so, rend three, which is good. Yeah, I, I think they're they're really nice, and and the the drill cannons aren't as good on the engine riggers, but they're still decent. Um, yeah, so yeah, engine riggers are just good in um, in Tempest Eye again because of um, Aura of Glory just makes them amazing as well because those those what are their weapons? Not they're not arc, they're not sky cutters. I can't remember what they're called, but their their melee weapons are insane. Yeah, threes yeah. and twos, ren two damage D three. The issue yeah, is just yeah. the, the issue is just the one attack, and so yeah, that that's where Aura of Glory comes in, and but then that's where you have to have a wizard that's fast. But also survivable to go. Well, with you, them. you also, if they've got sky, if they've got a skyhook, you had one to charge roll. So they're they're rolling it. They need a six to charge essentially. And then if you're if you're jamming up like a chaff unit, like a, or a big unit of forty with these guys that aren't hopefully dying. Um, if you take a grapnel launcher as well, they can't retreat. So you're tying a unit up for at least you know at least one of their turns, if not two, hopefully. Yeah, and yeah, I mean, they're two wins apiece. Tempest side, they're going to have a three-up save in that first battle round. Um, they're decent for sure. And yeah, you can, if you really want to guarantee those charges as close as possible, you could put cogs plus wild form plus, yeah. the, you can be getting plus five to charge quite easily with a nine-inch away teleport. Yeah, um, it's it's not hard to to make them very reliable um, in doing the job that you want them to do. But they, at the same time, can sit really far away and just shoot until you want to use them. So um yeah, I think they're a really good unit. Um, are there any Sylvaneth units that stand out for you for Living City? Um, so I think we'll cover it when we get to the cities, uh, to the Living City kind of part. But I think Durthu's great because Durthu's issue is he gets shot up before he gets into combat. In Living City, you can bring him on from the side, shoot, reposition five inches, and then you've technically got a four-inch charge on whatever you're going into. So like he's he's always a good option. Um, and again, with all the buffs to hit, things become better. So your your Kurnoth, uh hunters with bows become significantly better when you can give them plus one to hit. Uh, Alariel's spear becomes a two plus hit instead of a three plus, which, as everyone will tell you, is is amazing because you always roll a two when you're trying to hit with a spear. Um, and yeah, I think that the Durthu and Alariel are probably the two standouts. 
And then you've got little things like I've got a list that I'm um, testing at the moment, which has like a tree man ancient and a branch wraith in it. So he can drop a forest down and she can summon dryads onto that, onto that forest. So it just, it just gives you more versatility basically. Yeah, I agree. I think potentially if you can find the points, you'd be struggling a bit, but if you can find the points for Alarial and Derthu, um, that's Alarial spell is one of the candidates for um, spell portal because it's four ups do mortal wounds and you roll as many dice as the casting result. So if you get a good cast uh, and then you, because you can put the spell portal anywhere, you can just pick a hero or something like that that you can, or a small unit that's not got many wounds left to just ping off. And then you can just take it out. And because of her ability, it's outside of Sylvaneth anyway, because it's on her war scroll. You then get to set up a Wildwood within 12 of where that unit died. So it helps you start getting more Wildwoods on the board for Durthu to get extra attacks. Yeah. So, um, yeah, it becomes expensive once you start taking both of them. Um, but then when you say she can also bring on a free unit, and that can be a unit of bows to then just sit at the back by Hurricaneum. And because they'll count as cities, they'll be getting the plus one to hit. Um, so then, yeah, they're becoming much more reliable. Um, so, yeah, I think I think she becomes worth her points then because she's effectively only 400. Um, and then Durthu's just had a drop. So um, they're not bad. I think they're um, they're a good shout together. There's some potential for sure. Yeah, definitely. And with her... Um... So she's, you know, her her beetle obviously has has um, a reputation, but again, you can't understate um, how good giving stuff minus one to hit, uh, sorry, plus one to hit actually is, especially when you've got, you know, the the beetle which is a five damage model, which normally hits on fours. Like that's like let's not be let's not be wrong, that's pretty rubbish, um, and it gets. Plus one to hit if you're attacking a unit of five or more, and then you give it a plus one to hit again from, say, the Hurricanum. Uh, you're on twos to hit with those five attacks that do five damage each, and they're ren minus two. So if you're in the uh, in the current meta, for example, when you're playing against uh, like more tech guard, for example, minus two rend and five damage is huge. Um, and whenever you're playing against horrors, like multiple damage um, uh, attacks are always amazing. Yeah, and as you said, her her shooting attack because you can come on from a board edge with her shoot and then you can move so you yeah. get to you and because she moves 16 you can get right into back lines and things like that that people might not have thought so about it's when actually, they were to... there's actually a point of contention with that because her base is actually bigger than six inches and it hasn't been clarified yet you might not be able to bring her on from the side because she doesn't actually fit on the board within the six inches yeah, right. Interesting. So in meeting engagements, they have a rule which says that when you bring something on, if it's too big, you can just have it overlap. But that rule doesn't exist for the for the main the main rules. So yeah. Yeah. Okay. Talk, talk to your TO people if that's going to be your strategy. Um. Yeah. Although I thought she was on a hundred and fifty mil base, which is less than six inches. No, no, no. But, she's just. I can't remember what she's on, but but I'm pretty sure that she's just over six inches. Yeah. Okay. Maybe we'll double check. Um, but yeah, do you want to? I think that's kind of the main points anyway. Should we take a break there and then we'll dive into the first of the cities? Yep, sounds good. Cool, we'll be back in a bit.
and we're back from the break. So let's crack on into it. We are going to be talking about the first city. We're going to work through them as they appear in the book in order. So that brings us to Hammerhall. And who better to be talking Hammerhall with than Simon, as this is the army you were playing on the live stream for Game 6 at CanCon. So you are a man who knows his Hammerhall. Um, it's a list that I don't think people would have been expecting to be there at the end. Um, but yeah, tell us all about Hammerhall and how Hammerhall can ruin people's day. Hammerhall is great. So to begin with, um, they can choose to be from Akshu or Gairan, where all the other cities have to be either in one or the other, um, because the essentially the, the, the fluff says that Hammerhall is built on the realm gate between life and fire, and you've got essentially two aspects of the city, one in the realm of fire, one in the realm of life. Uh, you get to choose either one of those, which is good because you get to choose from two uh, pools of realm artifacts and weapons uh, rather than just the one. Um, they're yep. both they're both fairly average cities. Let's be honest with artifacts; like they're no they're no shyish, um, but they're still like they're still alright. I mean, there's still guy strike and ignax scales, so yeah, that's they've, it. They've, they've yeah. got their choices, um, or yeah, thermal yeah. rider potentially, but yeah. Um, and look, but yeah, as you've heard. Sorry, go on. I said, just fingers crossed they update those at some point in the future, and then you might get even better options. Like, it's not out of the realm of possibility. To be honest, I'd be quite happy if they scrapped them and just gave us some new ones. So would I. If all the merchants, <laughs> all the merchants have sold out um, of all their ethereal amulets, and yeah. they've, they've got some new things, um, would be funny. But, um, yeah, as you'll have heard from, if you've listened to the narrative um, part A to this show, uh it's a cool city the idea of fire and life combined you gives you some cool ideas for potentially basing as well i think you can have fire jungles and and stuff like that with um plants that are kind of yeah on like fire plants or lush vegetation growing out of lava and stuff like that so um yeah it's quite cool being a twin city coming from two realms there's some there's some cool opportunities there yeah and fluff like i've i've got a to my um, Soul Screen Bridge, because I hate the Soul Screen Bridge model from GW, um, is kind of like a. I've got these two portals, and because I play the. Our cities are either in the realm of fire or the realm of life, so I've got a fire portal and I've got a life portal. And so that's that kind of ties into the fluff really nicely. That's great. It could literally just be the two realm gates. <laughs> Do a fire one and a life one, put yep. the realm gates on the base. Yep, and that's, what I, that, that's basically what I've done. Yeah, nice. Um, so we'll go to the next one, which is Banners Held High. Um, this, like, it sounds like it's just a nice addition um, on top of the rest of the rules, but it is actually fairly important for this for this city. Um, so essentially, for each standard you've got in your army, uh, sorry, each unit that has a standard. So even if you've got three standards in a unit, you still only roll once. Um, but at the study hero phase, you roll a dice for each unit that has a standard, and on a six, you get an extra command point which is important. Um, it, it can't be understated. It sounds like a throwaway rule, but it is actually quite important in this city because you do go through your command points very quickly. Yeah, agreed. Um, yeah, we'll go on to the reason why you get burned through those command abilities. But yeah, I mean, cool. command points are a super good resource anyway. Like it's an auto pass of a battle shock. It's an auto six to run when you need to guarantee a certain distance to grab an objective on the last turn. It's it, re-roll once to hit. It's fighting twice. Yeah, it's reroll armor, like reroll ones to save when you like it, it. It can do so many things. Just getting extras when you roll sixes for banners is is amazing. 
Yeah, uh, I think we'll ignore the next rule, um, which is if event is fire strikers, you generally get an extra command point. Look, in the current era of the game, you never make a character your general unless you absolutely have to because you miss out on a command trait and uh, generally an artifact as well if you take them. So we're just going to ignore that. Avengers Fire Strike has no special place in Hammerhall except in the fluff. So if you if you're playing a fluffy army, you can, but it doesn't it, competitively. You're never going to take that option, so it's irrelevant. Um, but two that are relevant competitively. So the Pride of Hammerhall. Uh, I think I harped on about this when I was speaking to Rob quite a bit. Um, but not taking Battle Shock. Even though people dismiss Battle Shock, it's still a major rule in this game, and it can win or lose you games, especially in a competitive environment. So when you're immune to Battle Shock in your uh, territory, it's just it's amazing. It's again, it's command points that you're not spending, um, which which means you get more command points to actually do work. Yeah. Uh, so we'll move on to the do work bit, which is the command ability, righteous purpose. Um, if yes, use it at the end of the uh, combat phase, and if you do, pick one friendly Hamhall unit wholly within enemy, enemy territory, which on the majority of battle plans is fairly easy to get into because it's basically half the board. There are some where that's the exception, but have a look at your battle plans and you'll be able to figure out which ones those are. Um, and you've got to be wholly within 12 of Hamhall hero, which the majority of the time you want the hero to fight twice, so he's always going to be 12 inches of himself. Um, and finally, within three inches of an enemy unit. So if you charge something, you've piled in, you've attacked it, you're probably still going to be within three inches of it, but you can use it as a movement extender if you want to. Um, and you just get to fight twice. Oh, sorry, you get to fight again, uh, So which effectively means that in a combat phase, you'll fight twice, once normally, and then once at the end of the phase, uh, which is great. Yeah, that's really good. Um, I did just want to chime in with a comment back on the Pride of Hammerhall thing oh, um, sorry, yeah. about, about the Battle Shock not being. The key thing from that is it's not reliant on a model being alive. It's like it's not an aura from a hero or something like that. It's just if you're within your territory, which you control, you get it. Um, like I, I literally played a game today where the whole army was immune to Battle Shock within an 18-inch bubble of a hero. And I popped that hero and then suddenly he had no command points for inspiring presence. And I just did like damage to three units and just watched all three of them run away because I only, I only had to do half the wounds and just let Battleshock do the rest. Um, it was just something that he wasn't thinking about uh, in terms of being able to stop. So um, that the fact that your opponent actually can't stop it unless they can control your movement somehow, you can just always make sure that you're sitting wholly within your own territory and just know that no matter what happens, you're not going to take Battleshock. So yeah, and it's really it, cool, it's really you can have, yeah, you can have models sitting on your home objectives and you know they're not going to run. You're always going to have a couple, like if they don't wipe the unit, they, you're always going to have something on that objective. Yeah. Um, so I think why don't we go through the command traits, we can comment on which one we think is the best, but there's, there's one which is a fairly big standout um, of these three. Um, so the first one is the academy. I feel like it's meant to be like an academy, but it's a academy, academy prodigy. Anyway, um, at one of the attacks characteristic of this general's melee weapon, and at the start of the battle, you receive one extra command point. So for a city that uses command points, it's quite good, and adding one to attacks is generally all right as well. So yeah. it also is just the final nail in the event is fire strike coffin because. The whole thing is, if you take him and he's the general, get an extra command point in your first turn. It's like, 
or I could just take this and get it and have plus one to attack. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Why would you take him? You just yeah. wouldn't take him. <laughs> no, no. Unless they change the rule so that characters can get command traits, then um, you need characters, then maybe it'll be a different story. But at the moment, you can't do that. Yeah. Um, second one is Blood of the Twelve. Arguably, I would say this is the best. All, all three are actually pretty good. Um, but I would say this is the best one. Um, so re-roll wound rolls of one for attacks made with melee weapons by friendly hammerhole units hollow within 12 of this general. So it affects themselves and units hollow within 12 of them. Reroll wound rolls of one, which is an ability which you don't readily have access to in any other way. Yeah, it's really good. Rerolling ones to wound, as you say, you don't get it very often, so it's really good. Unless you're Iron Drakes and you've got long beards near you, but we won't go into that. Um, and then the third one is uh, Aggressive General. So add one to hit rolls for attacks made with melee weapons by friendly Hammerhall units. So if you haven't gotten the gist already, this is a melee city. Um, and then if you're wholly within a Hammerhall unit, is wholly within 12 of the General, if the General has made a charge... Oh, sorry. You add one to hit rolls for attacks with melee weapons if they're wholly within 12 inches of a General that's made a charge move. So highly like circumstantial the general has to make a charge move and then they have to be within 12 inches of that general when he's made a charge move so i think this is the worst of the three if i'm being honest i think i mean it's good loads of other armies would be super happy to have it but cities is one of those books where there's it's actually really easy to get plus to hit from other sources um depending on the units you want to put in there's battalions to make certain units you might want to get plus one to hit anyway hurricaneum is just going to give any of the units plus one to hit so yeah, yeah i think it of the of the the three it's probably the least likely to be thing yeah so i think that i think it's a missed trick because especially if you and we'll go to the battalion in a second but if you're running the battalion that also gives you plus one to hit and then the free guild general and griffin also gives you plus one to hit on his command um his his war scroll command trait like it's, sorry command ability it's just too many plus ones to hit if they made it something like plus one to wound it probably would have like it would be competing yeah um but i just think that at the moment it's just yeah the the it's too circumstantial um yep. and you've got too many other options to get plus one to hit in the book and in in particular in this city yeah it would only be if you're trying if you know you're potentially playing in a a, a next to hit meta um like you play a lot of gloom spike gits that are regularly using netters and chucking geminids and stuff like that um that stack in their minuses then this is good because then you can actually still be hitting on twos um but yeah it for an all-comers list it's probably you're not going to take it no um so i've gone to the artifacts power so the first one is pretty simple it's the armor of malice uh add one to save rolls uh, for all attacks. So it's pretty good. Again, as we mentioned before, the um, Lord Sellison on Star Drake in particular likes this one. Uh, the Free Guild General on Griffin, you can get to a 2 plus. Um, a, a Dreadlord on a Black Dragon, you can get to a 2 plus. So this Steam Tank, you can get to a 2 plus. Like, there's lots of things you can get to a 2 plus with this. So it's, it's, it's not horrible. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Plus one to save on any of those big monsters is amazing. Yeah. Um, the next one, Saints Blade. So this one I think is, is underrated and I've been looking at ways to try and take this because any ability that has you within something of an objective, a lot of the scenarios that you play these days, because they're centered around objectives, you're going to be fighting around an objective anyway. Um, but 
Uh, pick one of the bearer's melee weapons, improve the rend by one, and while they're within six inches of an objective, add one to the damage. Um, which I just I think is really good. I haven't I haven't run a list myself that that has that because I favour uh, the next one that's coming, um, which is I think is better. But like this is still a very good artifact to be able to take. Like you're kind of spoiled in Hammer Hall for for melee artifacts. I think. Yeah, I think it's really good. I actually think um, Warden King, even though he's slow, if you put Bridge in, uh, you can bridge over to an objective and he can just be sitting behind a screen waiting to get charged. Um, he's really good for 100 points, especially if he's the general. Again, he's going to unlock uh, loads of your stuff for your adjutant, um, your general to generate command points. He's going to unlock loads of those dispossessed units as battle line. Um but his command ability is amazing because it affects all dispossessed units wholly within 18 for plus one attack. Um, so that takes him up to five attacks, uh, threes and threes. But Hurricane is going to put him on twos. And then this makes him rend two damage D3 plus one. Um, and then if he can pile in twice, like, he's really fighty for 100 points. So, <laughs> And he's a, he's a good buff piece as well. So I, th I think he's a potential for that artifact. Yeah, and the other person that I've been thinking of it on um, is the uh, is either a Freegal general on Griffin, um, making his Sigmarite hammer like D three plus one damage, or making either of his other what like his Rune Sword becomes the three sword. damage. Yeah, the Sword but becomes it's, good. It'll be twos and fours, but it's still not horrible for you know for three damage with a negative three rend or whatever it is. Um, and then the uh, Lance of Spite on the uh, Blake Lord on Black Dragon is also quite good because that's a threes and threes, negative two, two damage um, if on the charge. And then if you if you are on the charge, uh, it's negative three rend and three damage. So that's also um, not a bad option. And always uh, the the Lord Celestine on Stardrake um, is also, you know, quite good with this ability. So, you know, his, his Celestine Hammer... Which is already getting d3 extra attacks on the charge um yeah becomes ren 2 and d3 plus one damage so yeah and that's something cool. that's threes and twos so when you factor in if he was the general with the reroll ones to wound trait and he's got plus one he can quite easily be twos reroll ones twos reroll ones yeah with like rend 2 damage d3 plus one with a ton of attacks going twice yeah so, yeah he can he can be good yeah and so that's that's kind of what my um my list that I had him and uh, Lord Castellan in, like that's kind of what it centered around him with the with the Saints Blade, just going yep. in and beating stuff up basically. And to be honest, you can do a mini version as well, just the Lord Celestine on Dracoline for yeah. less than less than half the points, and he hits just as hard. Um, so yeah, he's a nice little fast little dude that could take that and just go off to the objectives and go and take them out really. Yeah, reliably. but I think if you're going to do that, you just take the the free guild general on Griffin for three hundred points. Yeah, true. Loads, loads more wounds, faster. Yeah, yeah. and it's and it's not a bad option on your uh, your um, anointed on a frost heart either because he becomes two damage when he's near an objective and rend two. Like he's only got four attacks, but he's still pretty decent. Yep, that's a good shout. Uh, yeah, but then finally, uh, the the one that I think is the winner, um, and I know that we've mentioned that you get too many plus one attacks already. Uh, sorry, plus ones to hit already. Um, but the twin stone is the other artifact, uh, which is essentially you can choose uh, one or the other, uh, one of two effects at the start of your hero phase. The first one is plus one to hit rolls uh, for all friendly hammer hall units while they're wholly within 12. Um, or alternatively, um, it's you just can choose, melee. 
just to yeah, yeah just melee just melee um or alternatively roll one dice for each friendly hammerhole unit holy within 12 and on a four plus you heal d3 wounds which i think is a bit of a mystery i wish it was just you just get to heal d3 wounds or a two plus or something better but i think i don't think you ever choose really the gyran aspect anyway um so essentially it's just a, a plus one to hit for everything within 12 inches artifact which is good yeah, I think if the heal let you bring back dead models and stuff like that, because it's every unit within 12, there would have been more potential to it. Um, like, you could have put that on a Frostheart Phoenix and then just go, cool, going to bring back some Phoenix Guard into multiple units. Um, you can use it, though, because it does heal each. So um, you could heal, like, multiple Phoenixes uh, and stuff like that, or multiple yeah. other things. Yeah. Um, but as you said, I agree with the comment. It's a shame that it's on a 4-up to do D3. Um, because the time you're going to want that healing, it's just unreliable. So you're probably yeah. just going to use it for a, a bubble of plus one to hit again. Yeah, um, exactly. So yeah, it, it combos nicely with getting it on multiple things without having to have your Hurricaneum up the board. Um, and it's just something where you're not spending command points or anything like that to get a plus one to hit. So if you've got stuff coming in and that there's a certain character that might come down from the skies that we'll talk about uh that hits on threes it's really nice to make him hit on twos yeah that's exactly right uh, anything it hits on threes it wants to hit on twos basically um but before we discuss him we'll go to the spell law so this one has three spells um which uh are not not horrible they're probably there's probably only there's there's one standout again and then two that you probably take maybe as an afterthought um I'll go through the the, the, the not-so-good ones first. So um, Twin Tail Comet, casting value of 7. Uh, if successful, cast... If successfully cast, pick one unit, win an 18. That is visible, it suffers D3 mortal wounds. So it's it's average. Uh, if it has 10 or more models, it suffers D6 mortal wounds. But, yeah, it's just it's just another 18-inch D3 mortal wounds spell, which there are thousands of in the game already. So it's nothing yeah. that's the two and it amazing. Costs Cast on seven kind of a six, which is which yeah. is not good. Um, yeah. The second one is Cindercloud. Uh, so again, casting value of seven. Um, if you cast it, then uh, subtract one from hit rolls for attacks that target friendly units wholly within nine, uh, which is okay. But like trying to get multiple units wholly within nine seems like it's quite difficult, and so you're essentially going to get the caster and a and one unit within nine inches to be. Minus one to hit, which you may as well just take the Hish Battle Mage and he just makes a unit minus one to hit. And I think that's cast on a is that cast on a five? What's that one cast on? Cast protection. It might be it might be a five or a six. Like it doesn't really matter which it is. It's not a seven. Um and so like I think you just take that alternatively. Yeah, so like, it's a five. Yeah. Like to make a unit one unit within eighteen minus one to hit, as opposed to yeah, all units wholly within nine, which is essentially going to be the mage any unit. So, yeah, I do I do like it though for if you've got a bit of a coven of mages and um like around a hurricaneum that's got a decent base um plus one to cast again you can take this if you've got the drake or something in the list to give another plus one to cast it makes the seven into a five if there's arcane you can get it down to a four so you can make it more reliable um i do like it for the fact that it's an aoe and it can if you've just got a unit sitting within range um of like well three or more models to give minus one for like foot wizards it makes all of your little foot characters minus two to shoot yeah. which i do quite like um because minus two to hit is quite a big debuff 
Um, so I think it's got some use, but you'd be writing a list around it. Yeah, look, it's it's not it's not nothing. Like it's you know it's not it's not a horrible spell. You wouldn't be saying, oh, I don't want to take it at all. But I just yeah, I think it it loses a bit of its utility. Um, and then finally, the good spell, which is basically what you should be taking on your mages and probably on all of your mages for redundancy, um, with Wings of Fire. So casting value of six, uh, one unit, uh, and this is, this is the thing that I love about this spell. Pick one friendly unit that is visible to the caster, the end. So no range, no holy within, no within, no nothing. It's literally just with, that is visible to the caster. Um, and then add one to run and charge rolls for that unit, and it flies. So brilliant! It's it's an amazing spell. Yeah, that's really good. Um, I'd actually missed that it didn't have a range. Reading that before, so yeah, that's really good. Um, yeah. Be nice so times when I've, yeah, times <laughs> when I've brought something on like the Celestin Prime on the opposite side of the table to this guy, just to make sure he gets into combat, I can cast it on him from eighty inches away from corner to corner of the board. So it's, it's just amazing. Yeah, really good. Um, yeah, any, I'm just trying to think if there's anything that's got like a small base that's fighty that you just try and get in. I mean, that would be a good call actually for the that, um, Warden King on foot that I was saying. You suddenly just pop that on him and he can just go in. He's got a tiny little base and he suddenly flies someone leaves a gap and they're not expecting him to just pop in and <laughs> do a load of damage and go twice. Yep. Um, that could be really and you nice. can combine it with the, um, the innate spell from the battle mage from the realm of Gur. So for plus two to run and charge, um, if you've got anything that can uh, run and charge the combination of those two spells, will give it plus three to run and plus three to charge. Yeah. Um, I'm not sure if there's many stuff that you can actually do that to in this book, but that's, that's making that Lord Celestine on Dracoth with a Heraldor looking nicer. Yep. Um, or alternatively, even just your block of Phoenix Guard becoming plus four to charge and plus, um, yeah, plus, yeah, plus four to charge is, yeah. is uh, to be honest, Yeah, actually, that's a huge shout because it's just a friendly unit. It doesn't have to be an individual. And the strength in making units fly is amazing. So suddenly, if you've got a block of Phoenix Guard, like you say, with pluses to charge that fly all of those models it just means you can start like a you roll a decent charge you just pop over screens you just snake them through someone's army and you yeah. you can just up so much stuff well that's uh, the thing screens are usually strung out and you know one inch away from the next model and because because the phoenix guard or like free guild guard anything like that they're on 25 mil bases so it's quite easy to put one model on the opposite side of the unit to the other one and you're still within that one inch coherency yeah, um, yeah, that would be that that'd be really good actually on a, a big block of Phoenix Guard just tie stuff down. Yeah, funny that Phoenix Guard are good. Who knew? Um, cool. Well, that's yeah. yeah, that's all of the the spells, the artifacts, the traits, everything. Um, yeah. So, do you want to take us through a list? It doesn't have to be a Cancon list. Um, to be honest, be, I'm kind of interested to see what your next iteration of Hammer Hall is. So. Um, yeah, my next iteration is a slight modification to um, to my Cancon list, and it's I've played a couple of games with it, and it's been it's been pretty good. Um, so the list that I'm I'll present for today's for the sake of today's podcast. Um, so anointed on Frostheart Phoenix with the Twinstone, 
Um, he's just amazing. He just moves 16 inches when he fights twice. The bird fights for him, basically. Um, it's, a, it's a really strong melee model. It's really mobile. It's really resilient. Like I just, it, there's, it's just an amazing model. Um, Sellison Prime is there. Um, everyone probably saw what he could do in my game, but that that, that hasn't. I, I don't think I would say that that was an accurate representation of of the the amount of pain that he could put out. He's actually he does a lot more than that in a lot of games. Um, that's just a particularly bad matchup for him. Um, so him hitting on threes, re-rolling ones, wounding on, uh, sorry, hitting on twos, re-rolling ones, wounding on twos, re-rolling ones. Um, and then negative three rend and three damage is just insane. Um, so I think in Hammer Hall with the command trade to fight twice, he's, he is worth his 340 points and he's amazing. Yeah, um, definitely. Especially as you can guarantee his charge. Uh, yep. loads, yeah, loads of stuff. He's he's a phenomenal model. Um, yeah. The main the main issue is yeah output potentially. Um, but with him, you you probably normally want to try and wait to turn three to get enough attacks. But with him in Hammer Hall, you probably can drop him on turn two most games to make the most. Yeah, of his and, that, and that's twice. Um, most games I drop in turn two uh, because the five attacks turns into ten. So, and, and I mean, you can do a, you know, an opportunity cost to dropping him down turn th three, but most turns I've been, the most games I've been dropping him down turn two. Um, and then in this revised list, I've got an anointed on foot, uh, who is the general and he has blood of the 12. Uh, so the reroll wants to win within 12 inches of him. And then he's got an adjutant, which, uh, my list at Cancon had a battle mage with, uh, who was from Gur, so the plus two to run and charge, but this one I've given, uh, he's from the realm of Hish, which gives him the innate spell of minus one to hit wholly within uh, just within 18. So I just found that there, the people were killing the Phoenix Guard too easily. Uh, and so an extra minus one to hit on them seems good. And then um, the pairing of a general on foot with an adjutant on foot means that I'm generating an extra command point on a four plus. So essentially I'm rolling in my hero phase a single dice for a four plus and then three dice for a six plus to get extra command points. Um, which make everything fight twice, basically. So, um, so yeah, that's the hero. So there's four heroes in that list. They're pretty decent. Uh, the previous iteration of the list, I had a mage on the Celestial Hurricanum, uh, but in this list, I have dropped the mage and I've just put a Celestial Hurricanum in. Um, because I found that I was like the the chain lightning, chain lightning, and the comet are two very good spells. Um, but I just find whenever I have to find points in lists these days, I tend to drop them 60-point mage off the top of the Hurricanum. Um, if that's good or not, I guess we'll find out with playtesting. But the Hurricanum by itself is just amazing for 220 points for the plus one to hit and the 3d3 mortal wounds the majority of turns. So, Yeah, agreed. It's very good. Uh, battle line is 30 Phoenix Guard because the anointed is general. So they're they're amazing. They're the best unit in the book, in my opinion. Um, and then I've got two other units of free guild guard uh, with sword and board. So four up armor saves are 80 points for 10 guys. They're just a great screen, basically. Uh, the previous iteration of the list had handgunners. And again, it's just finding extra points to put the other things in that I want to have in the list. Yeah, nice. Um, um, what's... Sorry, in no, is, is that everything in the, the list? No, not at all. 
Um, then I've got one unit of Shadow Warriors. Um, they seem to cop a lot of flack on the internet that I've been seeing, and I don't really understand it because I think they just they print money every game that I've ever played them in. Um, but whatever. 10 Shadow Warriors, 110 points. They drop down where they want. They're twos and threes. Like, they're just – they're great. Um, and then – they were the weird thing was they were one of the units that when the book first came out everyone went oh my god shadow warriors are amazing they're going to be in everything they're broken they're so good and then all i've heard since is people being like oh yeah shadow warriors look amazing on paper but when you actually use them they're not that great and it's like well no they are still really good you just probably expecting too much of them but at the end of the day a unit that you can just keep safe off the board can deploy anywhere nine away and then if you deploy it into cover it just gets plus one to hit and plus one to wound so it's twos and threes and With then it one, can one and then it can like charge in as well and have two attacks each. Like you can plonk yeah. them in cover and got four up save as well. Um what my suspicion is is that the people that say that don't know how to play them properly. That would yeah, be my I think they're expecting, they're expecting too much of them because they're saying twos yeah. and threes, and then I think they're expecting like thirty shots out of them, but it's like, well, no, you've paid for ten, so you can yeah. get ten. Shots. Yeah. <laughs> basically in cover on an objective the majority of games and they just take that objective you don't need to do anything and they get to shoot as well yeah like i just yeah i don't get it um and then finally so this is the this is the point of contention so i've i've, I've been playing this with a different unit up until now and i've swapped those out so uh, it's 180 point swing so the the choice of two units is either three demigriff knights uh or three gyrocopters and to be honest, I'm not sure which I prefer at this point in time. The gyrocopters give you um, horde clearing ability, which I would argue is important in this list because a lot of your stuff is targeted to taking out characters and big models, and you're basically left with the Phoenix Guard that are able to take out hordes, and that's it. Um, so it gives you it gives you a little bit of redundancy in the list if you take gyrocopters, um, and you've got a hurricane, so they're on twos to hit, so they're actually quite good. Um, but the Demigriff Knights are where I am at at the moment. Um, just because with with all of their rules, they are quite good. Like, I feel like their melee attack is threes and fours just makes me cringe a little bit. Fours to wound is never, is never great on melee attacks. It, like, it really makes me uncomfortable. Um, yeah, it's pretty bad. It's the, it's the weakness in... Mortec Guard and Demonets, to be honest. Uh, winding, yeah. on four, winding on fours, um, your opponent's like, cool, 20. And then you're like, well, that's probably only going to turn into 10. Like, it's it's such a big drop-off. Yeah, but I feel like it may be offset in this list because for 180 points, um, again, same as Gyrocopters, you're getting 12 wounds. They have a 3-plus save as opposed to a 4-plus with Gyros. They have a 10-inch move as opposed to a 16 with Gyros. But the thing that you're getting um is that when they charge they have a minus two to rend and two damage and the majority of the time they'll be within the range of the twin stones they'll be twos to hit so and you can fight them twice so that's that's the other big thing um and especially with the beaks and talons as well that when you get an um unmodified wound as a six on those it gets one additional mortal wound so like in in my head so I haven't played them on the table yet, but in my head, they're better than gyros. But um, I feel like in my heart, it's just gyrocopters every day of the week. So that that's the list at the moment. So it's 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 changed a little bit from CanCon, and I'm still experimenting with it. It's still got the basic core 
of the Frostheart Phoenix with the Phoenix Guard, with the Celestine Prime and everything else kind of revolves around those. Um, but it's 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 a good list. Like I knew I knew it was a good list going into CanCon. I didn't think I'd ever be in with a chance of winning it. But it's it's a decent list. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's, inter- it's interesting, I think, that you, in your head, are saying you think that the Demigriffs are the better choice. Because um, personally, I think the, the Gyrocopters are the better choice in that list um because pretty much everything else you do everything else you've got does melee um you're actually quite light on in shooting um and i think you kind of hit the nail on the head with you need something to be able to clear hordes um you've got the prime and spells and things like that to do higher end um single targets and things like that um so i I think the gyros are actually probably the better the better addition for that list um but i can see i can see why the demigriffs the, the appeal is there, like Ren 2, damage 2, going twice, and the better save. But I think, yeah, I think, like, more tech, stuff like that, that's quite high prevalence in the meta at the moment. Um, I, I just think the, they can't re-roll saves against shooting. Um, and, I, I, yeah, I, I would personally go for the gyros. Yeah, and that's, that's where I'm leaning at the moment. I'll just run through another list as well, which is basically the same. Um, just with a few modifications. So I dropped that 180 points um, and a couple of other things. Uh, I dropped the anointed on foot. Um, and essentially I go, this is the the build where you put in the Lord Celestine on Star Drake um, and a Lord Castellan. So that's that's your swing of basically 620 points. Um, battle line still the same, two units of Garden units, Fiend's Guard. You've got a backup of the Huracanum without a mage and the 10 Shadow Warriors. It's just kind of the characters and the um and the 180 points of swing that change. Um, but in this list, the Lord Celestine has the Armour of Malice, which gives him a 2-plus save. Uh, the Lord Castellan sits in the back and buffs him to give him a 1-plus save and heals on 5-pluses. Um, and the Lord Celestine fighting twice. Is always a good option. The list always has the anointed on Frostheart Phoenix. So you've got a Lord Celestine who is um, effectively uh, threes to hit, twos to wound, re-rolling ones, um, and he's just he's just a tank basically, and he's probably one of the best tanks in the game. Um, probably not for his points, but you know he he can soak up a lot of damage uh, with that armor save of five plus heals. So. That's that's just a fun option. I think that that's that is probably not as competitive as the other list, but it's just a it's fun to put a dragon on the table and and just fight stuff with it. Yeah, and I, yeah, we talked about why he's so good. Like those bites getting to go twice, um, to up save. He's good against hordes. You can tool him out to make him good against heroes as well. Like getting him rend two damage d three plus one. Um, yeah, like he is good. Even if you're like, oh, it's a more fun option it's still also going to be really strong. Um, and the game is quite... The game swings a lot more now, I think, than it has done previously on met, like counter-army. So against some armies you play, the Star Drake will just be amazing. Like Daughters of Cain, the Star Drake would be the far stronger build. But then you play something else, and like Zinch or something like that, they can just chaff him out and then just shoot him down and mortal wounds... He, he then isn't worth his points um so i don't really think you can make a bad choice if you're taking any of the stuff that we talked about as being generally strong if you still built tactics and things into the list then i think as long as you've always got options of how to play and he is a model that does a lot of things so um i don't think he's a bad choice 
and your opponents will focus on him as well because he's such yeah. a big model and he can he can tank a lot of wounds i think with a five up with a two plus or a one plus re-rolling ones and then a, a five up here like he's he's effectively got i don't even i can't remember what it is top mate. i think it's like 24 wounds or something effectively it might be even more than that so it makes him more worth his 500 points that you're spending on him yeah and because hammer hall is the city where you can have akshi or garan you can if you want instead of taking one of those three artifacts you could just tool him up more defensively for if you're going to take the castellan for a plus one save you could take ignax scales and give him a four up mortal wound save and just yeah, shore up exactly. shore up that weakness and then suddenly he's still a two up reroll ones with a four up like 16 wounds that can heal he's going to become hard to deal with for any army yeah, he's a, and he, yeah, again, he's a fun, he's a fun model. People like putting big, you know, character models on the table like him. So, yeah, I think he's a good option. Yeah, uh, he'd also be your substitute potentially for. Um, you don't always have to do his character sniping Rain of Stars. You can do his um, his other one, Rolling Thunderhead, which is against hordes. If you didn't take the gyrocopters, so it's not it's not as good, but it's still going to give you the ability to do some damage to hordes. Yep, 100%. Um, yeah, cool. Well, yeah, so that, I think, wraps up Hammerhall. Unless you've got any final comments, um, I think we can call an end to that city. Yeah, I think, like, they're just fun. People like playing People like playing melee armies. I think that, they're, that that's a big part of, of this game. Um, and Hammerhall do melee probably better than... Actually, uh, yeah. They do melee better than every other city in the book. So if if you want to go and fight stuff, I think Hammerhall is the city that you do it with. Yep, agreed. Cool. Right. Well, I think we will call it there, and we'll wrap that up. So um, we will see you um, on the next show for the next cities. Thanks for listening. Thank you.